On today's Locked on Jayhawks, we deep dive into Jalen Tyson, where things are at, his scouting report, how he would fit in overall at Kansas after wrapping up his visit over the weekend. You are Locked on Jayhawks, your daily podcast on the Kansas Jayhawks, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. Johnson, you can hear me as well, Monday through Friday from 3 to 6 p.m. on KLWN in Lawrence. Thanks for making Locked on Jayhawks your first listen every day. We are free and available wherever you get any of your podcasts. You can also find us, like, subscribe to us on YouTube. On today's edition of Locked on Jayhawks, Jalen Tyson wrapped up his visit over the weekend to KU. Let's deep dive into where things are at there, uh, his strengths and weaknesses, scouting report, how exactly he would fit in, and the verdict. Of is he a take? Is he not? Do you have to wait on some other stuff? We'll get to that on today's edition of the show. So let's start right here with where things are at. He just finished up his visit over the weekend. Sounds like he came in Friday and then left on Sunday. That was about a week after he went and visited Cal. And right now it seems like that is the big, um, I guess, competition. It's KU and Cal, right? So the old, uh, I don't know, the the Jared Haas um uh, competition i guess there uh so you know uh, we'll see what ends up happening will he visit other schools or did he see enough on his visit to shut things down if he doesn't visit other schools i think that makes you feel good about ku if he does visit other schools i don't think that necessarily means that he wouldn't pick ku but um i don't know maybe it means he's comfortable with cal too maybe it just means that he feels comfortable like i remember doing this when i was applying to colleges out of high school after i had got into a couple that i was comfortable going to I kind of stopped applying to other schools that, you know, were not going to be in front of those. So I guess it could be for him like he's like, well, I'm leaning Cal 1, maybe KU's 2. But, you know, I, I'm comfortable even if I do decide to go to KU, so I'm going to stop visiting. Or it could mean that he loved his visit so much at KU that he's shutting everything down. And then he would be like, well, OK, I'm all aboard let's totally do this I, I love the visit i loved everything they offer all that stuff so who knows uh if he does end up visiting other schools or not we will see but right now ku and cal are the real two players in this and if it is just between those two schools and other schools don't emerge because there are others uh, there are other schools on the fray here obviously this is a, a very talented wing with abilities uh, of being like a three and d guy which is so valuable and you can really fit him in any lineup across the country because of his versatility with where he can play so obviously there's going to be other suitors. It's just kind of about him. But if it is between KU and Cal, it's it really is a battle of resources and blue blood and opportunity versus relationships and a different type of opportunity at Cal, right? Like uh, from the KU perspective, you have the facilities, you have the the strength and conditioning program, you have um, the, the proven track record of getting guys uh, into the NBA and developing guys. You, you have the proven track record of being a winner, of being a team that can compete for Final Fours and compete for national championships. You have the great fan base. You have you know sold-out arenas. You have the legendary Allen Fieldhouse, all the history and tradition of KU basketball. For Cal, they don't really have that stuff. Sometimes they struggle to get uh, support from the past alumni, from donors, from even the students. Like You go back and watch some of their past basketball games, and there's like, 12 people in the arena right now that was under a different coach they have a new coach maybe it's revitalizing the program maybe there is more interest around and everything like that um but as far as those things the fan support and the history and 
the facilities like uh, Kansas is more than Cal. Like that's not a secret. But what Cal has that Kansas might not is the previous relationships. Fardaz Amac transfer from Texas Tech to Cal. Now, who knows? Um, I mean, those are both guys that uh, like Amac was there for a year. So I don't know. Are they good friends? Are they just solid acquaintances? Who knows? But maybe that uh, relationship matters. The relationship that matters more is probably the uh, former one of the former assistant coaches at Texas Tech is now a Cal, and it seems like that prior relationship's there. And so for KU, you don't have that prior relationship. And at the end of the day, sometimes in recruiting, that is worth everything. Like, for instance, Ben Simmons, who was the number one recruit in the country coming out of high school, ended up picking LSU, which is, you know, not typically. And this wasn't like Will Wade LSU, where they were known for just like dropping bags and stuff, right? This was, oh gosh, it was a Trent Johnson, I want to say. I, I don't know. It, it was it was LSU that um, was not a great LSU, I guess is the way of putting it. And it was all about the relationships, you know? So sometimes that is all that matters in recruiting. And, and it makes you feel comfortable. It makes you feel like you're going to be taken care of, right? If you're leaving somewhere, if you're going to be far away from family, if you're going to be on your own, you want to be able to trust the people you're with. And it's not that he wouldn't trust KU. It's that he has that built-in trust with Cal already. So it really is a battle of all those resources and opportunity. And the opportunity at KU is to win at a high level, compete to be a starter. I mean, who knows? If, if he comes in, um, let's say like Sands Hunter Dickinson, maybe he would be the favorite to lead KU in points per game, right? I mean, they have a lot of players on their team who feel like you're more going to be in that like eight to 12 point per game range, right? So, so maybe that opportunity is there. But it would certainly be tougher to be a 15-point-per-game score at Kansas than it would at Cal, right? At Kansas, you might score 10 points per game. You might be in the starting lineup. You might be one of the top bench pieces. At Cal, you're going to be like a for-sure go-to option, right? So the opportunity is part of it, too. But also with Cal, you're on kind of a rebuilding program that should be better this year than last year, but they were really bad last year. With Kansas, you feel like you should be that Big 12 Final Four national title contender. So the opportunity is different depending on what he wants and the relationships. Those are the big things, even though Kansas has all these other avenues of advantage uh the only other question in this recruitment is the scholarship number conversation right so KU has essentially one open scholarship at this point if Kevin McCuller were to surprise us and, and come back then all of a sudden you'd be flush on scholarships but what does that mean for Hunter Dickinson what does that mean for Jalen Tyson right um now I think the staff is under the assumption or they're basically recruiting to the level of, yeah, we can't expect Kevin to be back. And, and that's the right way to go about this. Right. And if Kevin does surprise you and decide to come back and you're like, well, crap, we're over on scholarships, you figure it out from there. But I think right now you basically look at it and you go, well, you have one scholarship open. Don't you have to reserve that for Hunter Dickinson? Do you have to wait on Hunter Dickinson to decide before you can figure out what you do with Jalen Tyson? You, you get the commitment. If he's ready to commit, you say, okay, and you figure out the rest later. We've talked many times on here that there are a lot of different ways for KU to open up other scholarships. Could it be a player that's currently on the roster transferring out? Could it be one of the incoming freshmen ending up not arriving at KU, right? Could it just be uh, some workaround from KU with basically having a, a walk-on type player getting paid NIL money to cover that and more? Or could it even just be, hey, you know, as part of our uh, self-imposed sanctions, we said three scholarships over three years. We didn't clarify which years we we're going to have those scholarships. You know, we'll we'll do we'll have a full 13 roster this year. 
because that's just how it happened to work out. And we're going to make a run for a title. And then we'll take another year where we have two. And one of those years where we do have two, we'll pay somebody to be a basically NIL walk on. Right. There are a lot of different ways that you can get around this. That is not really concerning to me about filling up on scholarships. So I don't think this is a situation where it's like you can only have one or the other because you only technically have one scholarship open. Like they'll figure out the scholarship numbers. You take the commitment from the good player who would fit in very, very well for your team. And then you figure out the rest later. All right, let's get on to uh, his strengths and weaknesses scouting report here in just a second. But first, this episode of Locked on Jayhawks is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. Make a fast break to FanDuel during the NBA playoffs because right now, new customers can get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's $1,000 back if bonus bets if your first bet does not win. Um, you can make your bets coming up because this is coming out on Tuesday. These do these dinger Tuesday things in Kansas. Read up on all the you know information of, of how to properly get it done and everything. But essentially, you put $25 in on somebody to hit a home run, if they do it, great. You're winning a bunch of money. Whether they do it or not, though, you get $5 in bonus bets for every home run that's hit over the course of that game. Sounds pretty cool, right? So I've had some that have hit, and then you're great. I've had others that haven't hit, but like three home runs were hit in the game. So you're getting $15 in bonus bets back on a $25 bet, but you had the chance to win even more, which I have in other situations. It's awesome. And they have great promos and boosts like that all the time on FanDuel here in Kansas. So there's no better place to bet on all the playoff action than America's number one sports book. Visit FanDuel.com slash locked on and get a no sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's FanDuel.com slash locked on FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA 21 and older in select states. First online real money wager, only $10 deposit required refund issued as is non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in 14 days. Restrictions apply. See full terms at FanDuel.com slash sportsbook. FanDuel is offering online sports wagering in Kansas under an agreement with Kansas Star Casino LLC. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Illinois, Tennessee, and Virginia. 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona. 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat in Connecticut. 1-800-9-WITH-IT in the Indiana. 1-800-522-4700 or kansasgamblinghelp.com in Kansas. 1-877-770-STOP in Louisiana. Gambling help um, line ma.org or call 800-327-5050 for 24-7 support in Massachusetts, Maryland, gambling help.org in Maryland, one eight seven seven eight hope and Y or text hope and Y to four, six, seven, three, six, nine in New York, one 4700 in Wyoming, or visit www.1800gambler.net. March Madness is right around the corner. If you want to win your office pool, you need to stay caught up with all the college basketball action with the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Every Monday, Andy Patton and Isaac Shade recap the biggest stories in college basketball, keep you up to date on the NCAA tournament bubble, and get you ready for the upcoming week of games. From the Big East to the Mountain West and everywhere in between, Andy and Isaac have college hoops covered on the Locked On College Basketball Podcast. Available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. The uh, scouting report, the strengths and weaknesses for Jalen Tyson's game. What would he kind of bring to the table for KU? Let's start with the strengths. So the strengths for Jalen uh, Tyson 
I, I, I'm going to have to catch myself, by the way, because I feel like I've, I've been so close. Maybe I haven't. I haven't even noticed it. Saying Jalen Wilson on accident. Nonetheless, uh, Jalen Tyson, uh, Big 12 experience. You're talking about a guy you don't have to worry about transferring up a level or you know how are they going to do in the Big 12. He was at two Big 12 programs this past year at Texas Tech. Uh, ended up making 31 starts for a Big 12 program this past year, played 29 minutes per game. You don't have to worry about that. You have the Big 12 experience. You know the grind and the the difficulties of going through the conference. You don't have to worry about that with Jalen Tyson. The shooting is obviously a plus here on the strengths. He has a quick, pure form. It is very repeatable. Shot 48% from the field this past season. Shot 40% on threes on three and a half tries per game. So not super high volume, but not low volume either. Just solid volume there and really good percentage. 72% on free throws. So, you know, solid enough on free throws. Uh, he ranked in the 61st percentile, which is listed as good in spot up shooting and specifically in no dribble spot up three point jumpers. He went 20 of 51, which is right around 40%. So really good spot up option for you to have, which, you know, is going to be really important whether you have Hunter Dickinson and you want to space the floor around him or you don't have Hunter Dickinson and you possibly have a lineup with KJ Adams and Ernest Duday out there and you need as much shooting as possible and you have Nick Timberlake, you'd love to add Jalen Tyson to have a couple of those guys on the court at all times with you. Um, because of his floor spacing on low volume usage, like he's not somebody who needs to dribble the ball into the into the court for 15 seconds and then launch up a shot. Like it makes him very, very amenable to join really any team and because of that he ranked 20th in o rating in big 12 only games so this is a really efficient player who doesn't necessarily need to just chat chuck or you know chuck up like 20 shots in a specific game um his defense is also really good like this is the prototypical three and d wing he was 12th in big 12 only games in steal rate so good at getting steals that runs in well with like dewan harris right um overall on synergy he ranked in the 80th percentile on defense. He had a 76th percentile grade in man-to-man -man defense and a 94th percentile in isolation defense. Really good defender, lengthy. He's versatile. He can play up and down. And uh, because of uh, that's another strength here, the good size, six foot six. Because of that, he's not like a really built guy. He's not like 225 pounds or something like that. So maybe that prevents him from playing some minutes at the four. But I mean, he's. He's a good rebounder, 6.1 rebounds per game. That's part of the strengths here, too. And with him being 6'6", you can play him at the two if you want to play kind of a three-wing lineup. I think the way that Kansas has kind of uh, developed the roster, he would probably be mostly playing the three because you have a lot of these kind of combo guards in this year. But you'd play him mostly at the three. You could get away with some minutes at the four. You could even play him at the two if you really did want to and play a little bit bigger of a lineup there. Um But yeah, rebounding good, over six rebounds per game. In Big 12-only games, he ranked seventh in defensive rebounding rate in the league. He was also 19th in offensive rebounding rate in Big 12 only games. So very good player overall. Does a lot of things, rebounds, defense, shoots. He was also excellent in transition play and in limited cuts was excellent there too, according to Synergy. This would be kind of a perfect player for you. He really would. Um, I mean, everybody can say that. Everybody could use a three and D wing. You can fit them up and down the roster, lets you be more versatile, uh, lets you space the floor more like, this would be a huge get if KU could get him. Now, as far as the weaknesses, he is more of a, a streaky scorer, not someone who's creating his own shot a ton. I, I don't know. Like when you look at the box scores, you'll see some games with those higher point totals and then it's just kind of like up and down. I don't know that that necessarily is a Jalen Tyson thing, though, to be honest. Um, Texas Tech over the past couple of years, like has been an unbelievable defensive team. 
They haven't been a team that's been known for running like super elegant offense. And I wonder if sometimes they didn't draw up enough for Jalen Tyson with how good of a shooter and score he was. So I don't know how much of that is on him, but that is something to look for in those box scores. It also might not really matter as much because if KU lands Hunter Dickinson and you have Dewan Harris and Hunter Dickinson dominating the ball, like if one game you're a guy who puts up 15 points and another he put up six, it's like, well, you're not the primary option there. So it's not as big of a deal. Um, he's not really as much of a four. I guess you could put that in weaknesses. Like, is KU ideally looking for a four man specifically? You can play him at the four, as I said, but that would basically admit to rolling with KJ and Marcus Adams at the four specifically. But I, I don't know. I'm a, I don't really view that to be an issue. Like KJ Adams is a big 12 um, most improved player coming back. Marcus Adams is supposed to have a very high ceiling. You could get away with maybe five, 10 minutes of Jalen Tyson at the four, and that might be enough. Um, and then I, I guess... I'm going to bring this up because this is something that I've seen from other places, but I am going to kind of counter it. Uh, some talk like how coachable is he? Um, I have hesitations talking about stuff like this because I think sometimes one, I don't know. I was not in the locker room. I was not in those coach, all that stuff Two, Sometimes when a player transfers and this is the big one, sometimes when a player transfers, there are coaches that leak info out that make a kid sound worse than he is because it could be a couple of reasons. One, um, they're spiting the player for leaving. So they'll leak something to a media buddy who's like, well, I don't know. He, may, he might not be very coachable and it might not be true. He's just trying to, he's, he's mad that the player's leaving. Right. Um, it could also be in regards to like, you know, what if honestly, what if other coaches like didn't want other coaches to be like, Oh yeah, we, we want in on this kid. Cause they hear rumors about that and they're not true. And then it, makes them have a better chance at landing him because less schools are in on him right like there's a lot that goes on behind the scenes from the political side i guess that without me knowing without me seeing any incidents or anything i'm not really gonna buy into it plus i mean like ku winning tends to cure a lot of stuff and i think that um sometimes bill self likes the conflict i guess in practice like you you'll hear a lot of stories about him yelling at a player and sometimes he likes it when like maybe not in the moment but overall when the like the player yells back because it shows fight in them so uh i i personally am not really putting much into that but i've seen it at a few places that i'm just kind of like okay whatever i'm not really worried about it but i figured i'd bring it up and then the last one here is the will he be eligible i think that's probably the most pertinent of all the weaknesses will he be eligible right away he started at texas then went to texas tech this is second transfer. NCAA said they're cracking down on this stuff. But does he have the, I don't want to call it an excuse that makes it sound bad, but does he have the ultimate, I guess, way to get that waiver? Because, I mean, literally he was on a Texas Tech program that it, it's not just that their coach left or got fired. It's that he was fired for saying a racist phrase to a player. Now, was that to Jalen Tyson? Was it to a different player? Uh, is that going to be a sticky situation for the NCAA to be like, well, we, we know part of the different um, waivers we're giving is for like emotional or physical like abuse or, or whatever. Um, and, you know, we just don't think you viewing something to be racist from your coach counts as a like that would be a very bad look if the NCAA said that and did that. Right. So you feel like he will be eligible because of how that went down that the NCAA, again, should not be like, well, we don't think that should be right. Like that's, that's a very bad situation for the NCAA to be in. So I would think he is, but again, it's something to bring up here in the weakness column. All right, let's finish up. How would he fit at 
Kansas, but would his role be and everything uh, of that nature with Locked on Jayhawks? Clear things up. How would Jason Jalen Tyson finish or fit in at Kansas? So he's the ultimate three and D wing, which makes him super easy to play because you can play those guys at really the two, three, or four positions. Specifically for Kansas, though, um, because you have Dewan Harris, Marco Jackson, you have all these combo guards. You figure those guys are going to be figure, uh, you know, filling in most of the one and two minutes. Like maybe you even get some Nick Timberlake minutes at the two. So really, it's like four guys. Um, which makes it tough for him to play at the two. So most likely he would, I, I feel like it'd be a competition between Jalen Tyson and Nick Timberlake to see who starts at the three. And then either way, like both guys are probably playing 20 plus minutes per game at the three, you know, maybe one's getting 25 at the three and maybe the other's getting 15 at the three, right? Maybe Jalen Tyson gives you 25 minutes at the three. Nick Timberlake gives you 15 minutes at the three and Timberlake gets some other minutes at the two. And then Tyson maybe gets another five minutes at the four, right? That you can kind of mess around with the minutes and, and have it all work out from there. Um, but I would imagine if he did come in, like I would kind of be expecting him to be a starter and you never know how somebody's going to transition over how they're going to click with the new playbook. And right. Does, is, is it going to take till December till you start till January till you start? Or would you right off the bat? I would just think though, because of his shooting, his three and D ability, athleticism, good size. Like to me, he would probably be in line to start at the three position. Um, so, I mean, the verdict here is take without a doubt. You don't really worry about the eligibility thing think he has a good chance to get that figured out but um this is a really good player and a really good opportunity for a perfect fit type of player when you need shooting never hurts that he's a really good defender good rebounder too that's something else you're looking to shore up from last season like in every way this guy checks all these boxes he would be a great fit for KU and he would help take them a step further to being a real national title contender all right that'll do it for this episode of locked on Jayhawks you can find us wherever you find any of your podcasts you can hit us on YouTube and like and subscribe to the show Back on uh, tomorrow's episode. I think we might be doing a uh, KU football episode, catching up on maybe some of the latest transfer offers and, and what they're looking into at this point in time. That is, unless we get some sort of like breaking news up until then. All right, I'm Derek Johnson. Have a good one. See you next time.